calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. There Will Be Porn is a podcast about pornography. In this episode, instead of talking about adult films, we talk about books written by adult film stars. Despite the fact that we we're talking about books, it still gets explicit because we're talking about pornography. So if you have some little little baby ears or baby ears in the room that just will collapse under the weight of explicit material, then maybe, I don't know. Don't let those ears come into contact with this show. Also, because of the nature of the adult film industry and the sex work industry in the 80s and 90s, the books and the writers in the books and we address some things about sexual assault. And specifically, one of the movies has a pretty graphic scene of sexual assault. So if you're sensitive to that kind of conversation, um, this is your trigger warning that it will be happening as much as we want to avoid it. We couldn't seem to avoid it when addressing this topic. Also, after that note, do I even have to tell you not to whip your dick out? Because gross, please just just listen with one organ, maybe two. You can use your brain. That's fine. Oh, yeah. This is There Will Be Porn with Kate and Murda. Hello, everyone. Welcome to There Will Be Porn. As always, I'm your lovely host. That's right. It's murder. Nothing's changed about that. Um, All the same sound bite. Yeah. Still the same blonde. With the, the, with the, no with, matter what happens to Ja Rule, that's still an interesting soundbite. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just you now. You've hijacked it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ja Rule's career may never be coming back, but... The soundbite lives forever. But that soundbite lives forever, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're Kate? And I'm Kate. Yeah. I don't have a soundbite. I don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in a room and it's like, I just pound my chest. Um. Uh. Yeah, so you guys might have listened to our second episode raw talent yeah um, and if you didn't go back and listen to it it was a good one really fun yeah it also rocked our world it yeah a, uh, like a lot i never thought i was gonna learn so much from a porn yeah, um or 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 think so much about a porn or contemplate the issues that they were to, to actually like present social issues uh in a porn form is quite 
unusual. Yeah. I've never seen a story. I, I, you know, my storyline, my porn storylines are like, I brought you this thing and don't I look sexy? And like, <laughs> you're, a, you're alone. And oh, and my, my friends here or my mm-hmm. sister or like, let's get naked and like, let me suck your dick. Like those are the porns I'm used to. Right, right, right. Uh, and this porn, this porn was totally something different. I, I don't think I've ever been so... Inve- emotionally invested in the characters of yes. porn. You have no and problem you with that. you deserve nothing! <laughs> you deserve nothing! You're terrible! You went I to the war you. and knows karate, Caitlin. I don't care what war he was in. I don't care what karate he knows. He needs to be in jail. <laughs> He's awful. <laughs> I have no we, sympathy for I Eddie. Do, I do want to see Carolyn all the time. And much more. I want more Carolyn. The first half of this movie was heavy Carolyn. And then something really terrible happened. And now we're just watching Eddie. And I hate him. I hate him so much. This movie. Was, I hate you, Eddie. This, I hate you. I hate you. This movie was well on its way to being one of my favorite points of all time. And I've never been so disappointed in my life. Uh, He's going to get uh, it. This porn is a metaphor for how I feel as a woman. At first, I was, like, really cool with it. I was like, being ladies, great. I talk better than boys. I can spell better than them. <laughs> I, like, generally I adults are nicer to me. Yeah, I, cool. I liked being a lady. You know, and then I got boobs and, like, all this stuff. And then eventually I found out it's rather disappointing. And that's what this movie feels like to me. Yes. All right. Money shot. I guess, uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. There was one point, I think, yes. when we were watching this porn, where I think I got out of my chair and laid on the floor. Yeah. Because I was like... It's uh, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's, um, it's yeah, it is quite a storyline. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of stakes. <laughs> a lot of stakes. So many stakes. Uh, not not meat stakes. I wish there no, was. There was a turkey. Was, there was a turkey. <laughs> you recall? <laughs> There was a turkey. There was but- a turkey. <laughs> the turkey was the highlight, I think. I is he gonna fuck that turkey? Is he about to fuck a turkey? No. Oh my god! Uh, he does fuck the turkey. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe he's fucking the turkey. This is the first. What? We saw his dick already. Meredith, but this is the first Meredith, sex scene we are getting in this movie. Meredith, you said he's going to fuck that turkey. <laughs> and I was like, nah, 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 nah. No, no way. That's ridiculous. He might fuck the old lady. He's fucking this turkey. Oh, my God. He's coming on the sandwich. Oh, my God, Meredith. I can't. Oh, there's so much drippage. Oh, God. Oh, my. I can't. What did he just say? I don't care. Oh, my God. Oh, God. He really. What is this? He's putting the mayonnaise on top of his cum. There we go. And I didn't forget the mayonnaise. I still. Can't believe that was the first sex scene of the movie. Oh my god! I, uh, I, I loved it. We had an emotional day. Yeah, for sure. So, because of that movie, yes. um, we decided to have this mini episode. Yeah, we need we need to understand porn better. I don't feel like, especially specifically that porn, and a spe- and specifically the 
the yeah the history of what the porn industry has become where why yeah. it's where why where it, why, where it started where, where yeah. why is it how has it become this like giant you know huge business yeah um and like still with abuses absolutely, absolutely. but also like genuinely you know it's I, I think it is trying to do better especially for its workers and it's right. and it, and and create legitimate careers yeah uh a lot less like slut shaming yes. and um and a lot more like empowering women to do something that they're that they love to do like they just fucking love their jobs well, i also think you know? we went into this whole experience thinking that we we had like an assumed idea of what porn stars were like yeah we've watched documentaries about cam girls we yeah. know sex workers like we felt like we were super informed and this movie made us really rethink who, who are the people who make porn right and so what we ended up, what I ended up doing in a, in a post panic attack, emotional moment of, wa- of <laughs> Immediately watching go to that Amazon. porn is go to Amazon. <laughs> and I bought a book written by the star of that movie, yes. Eddie, who's our villain. Yes. And by the writer of that movie, Joy Snyder, who is a woman writer, producer of that movie. And she went on to produce two more raw talents, yes. raw talent two, raw talent three. Um, and then proceeded to be in the erotic film career and erotic magazine career for the, the next 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So, and I believe still is. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. When was, uh, so, this, so her book. So, okay. Mistress so Puss, let me Pussycat. start. I'll start with Joyce Snyder because I feel like that's a good opener yeah. compared to the other one. So, <laughs> so Joyce Snyder wrote a book, which you found on that line and I proceeded to immediately yeah. buy it called Mistress Pussycat Adventures with Submissive Men in the World of Femdom. Here's a clip of Joyce Snyder talking about her book on a radio show out of Ocala, Florida. Woo woo, Florida people. Ooh. The book that you uh, hide under the covers or something. Oh, uh, I love this book. Y- you will read it and you will uh, say you never read it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mistress Pussycat is the name of the book. Adventures with Submissive Men in the World of Femdom. And it is written by our guest, Joyce Snyder. Good morning, Joyce. How you doing? Good morning, Larry. I love your voice already. <laughs> I'm already submissive. Oh, I'm He's a fan. I'm already <laughs> submitting to you. <laughs> is this a memoir? This is your true story? It's a expose written in the form of a memoir so that it's not dry it's more absorbing because i'm taking the reader on a journey i knew nothing about femdom which is female domination as it is called in popular culture before i began editing a magazine with an audience of submissive men when was it? Was when was this released? Out of it curiosity, was released 2015. Oh wow! So this is a fairly recent book. So she wrote this book when she was in her 60s. Okay. Yeah. So this is like from the perspective of a woman that's had pretty much a full career at this point. Yeah. So she's, she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's sampled it all. <laughs> she and and I mean that's something that she kind of vaguely goes over in the book is like I've done all these things and but it's only a few sentences where she really mentions her career in erotica and then you explore basically her finding her sexuality through being a femdom okay but she is such a fascinating woman yeah now don't get me wrong she's super problematic she's a white woman in her 60s yeah um who lives on the upper east side but she still has lived a life very different from most white women in their sixties yeah. because of her exposure to erotica. 
Um, and while she's definitely still a slut shamer, yeah, it's in a very wow, really? different way than you would imagine. Wow, a bit, yeah. She can. What do you? Be. So why? What is different about it? What was? Yeah, tell me. But tell so, me. Okay, so what happens in this book is it basically starts out where um, she is working as a copywriter for an erotic legs magazine. So it's a magazine that has to do with men that oh have fetishes God. about legs and That's stockings funny. and fishnets and blah, blah, blah. There really is a, there is a thing for Something everyone. for everybody, right? <laughs> um, and she discovers that basically a lot of her readers enjoy dominant women. So she starts doing quote unquote research on dominant women and then basically starts participating in the lifestyle. Okay. Going to workshops about being a dominatrix, going to conventions, going on FetLife online, so setting she, up so an account. So she does identify as a dom. Like she, she does, does eventually. So okay. it starts out as research and then she realizes like she qualifies herself as like a cat lady. She's a spinster. She's never been in a relationship that she liked. She thinks that men are generally all garbage. And most of the men that she dates normally in this book, not the submissive men, do treat her very poorly. And I think that's an age thing. Yeah. Right? She's dating men also in their 60s, and they tend to treat her as badly as you would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, to the point where they're like... They see her photo. She has plastic surgery and is like proud of it. And she looks very good for her age. And well, I also I'm sure to. Yeah, I wonder. I that's another thing is like dating. If you're if you are in the sex industry dating, like I'm sure a lot of men have these preconceived notions of what type of woman you will be. And then you end up being like much more complex than that, obviously. And and definitely one of the things that she does on these dates with normal people is not tell them about her career. Yeah. She tells them that she's in publishing. Yeah. You know, and so and then the minute it comes out, of course, it's something where they like shame her for it. Wow. This is just an example of like, this was the dating life that she had like resolved herself to. Um, So this tells the story of Glenn, who's this guy in his early 70s, father of grown children and had been divorced for at least a decade. Uh, He was a former financial type and now in consulting. Um, Standard New York bro. Standard. Um, (laughs) It says, okay, so I greeted Dan, who was well turned out in a navy blue double breasted blazer and charcoal slacks. His hair was natural gray, Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when Glenn began to chit chat, things quickly went downhill, starting with current events. He zeroed in on Tiger Woods cheating scandal, the predominant media morality play at the time. Leaning towards me, he offered this comment in the affair du jour. She's also very pretentious, which is sometimes very fun. (laughs) Tiger Woods has a big dick. I hear his girlfriend says it and he likes anal sex. I offered a feeble my my in response before he went on to discuss politics. I've thankfully blanked from my memory this his exact comment, which had something to do with the president along these lines. You know, Glenn, I hear enough about politics and current events. I'd like to know more about you. And then Glenn goes on to talk about his career. And then she says, I live with three cats. And he said, that's got to be a handful. She says, it's very easy. And then she says, except I'm worried about one cat who has a stroke. And he says to her, don't say you're worried. Say, I have a concern. I have a concern for my cat who has a stroke or had a stroke. What? And she said, I'm not just concerned. I'm really worried. And he said, but that's negative. You can't be negative. What? So he's telling her what to do. So this is her representation of the men she's dating. Yeah. Men in their yeah, early explaining. 70s who are, as you would imagine, they're, they're, they grew up in the, in the 70s and believe that this is how you speak to women. Ugh. So, this, so no doubt Baby that she boomers. would go towards femdom. Gross. So, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And what's fascinating about this book, and then she goes to proceed, she, okay, so she proceeds on to um, try out different kinds of domination. So there's pony play where you ride a man like he's a pony right. and you pull him by his dick. There's um, like houseboy, which is offensive in its own way, but you have men come over and do your housework for you or pick up your dry cleaning or whatever. There's just general like humiliation, which is where you tell them they have a tiny penis and whatever. You make them wear girls panties. Right. She tries all of it. Right. Openly. Yeah. And she's like, can see empathetically why these men like what they like. And it makes her feel empowered. But at the same time, while this is happening to her, she is really good at commenting and recognizing the subtlety of how these men are controlling her from the bottom. Got it. So even though they're submissive men, she'll have a session with them where she's like dominating them. And then after they're like, well, you didn't do it right. You should do it like this. Holy shit. Yeah. Or they're, wow. they're just the, or like the amount that they're like needy and demand things and they like beg yes. her or they'll call her 20 times a day and like beg her for them to come or whatever she's withholding. And she'll be like, it's really humiliating, but then they go on to, or it's really annoying. And right. but then they go on to explain, Oh, well begging is part of my fetish. And she'll be like, it's also like exploitive. Yeah. She's like, and she ends up finding someone and, to be with. And like, and scary. And well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's like they, that you require this instant gratification and I'm not into, you know, providing that. Like I have very, a life. I mean, she's in her 60s, so she's very good about setting off her boundaries and like, and protecting herself. But right. she's also emotionally distant from right. everyone around yes. her. Um, and I'm sure that it has something to do with her long partner career. And she ends up finding someone who like fills her needs, but that's literally it. She like fills her sexual needs and that's right. the end of their relationship. And she has a relationship with a variety of men. A lot of them are unfaithful to her, you know, whatever. So even though she's in this dominance thing, she's still suffering from the same um, stuff. And she's pretty aware of it, but she also, the way she writes it is in this kind of like, but this is what it's like to be right. a woman. Yeah. You know, she's very resolved in yeah. that. Well, um, also I feel... Like she probably, uh, yeah, like she, like what does she think that she's probably going to change her dating patterns at this point in her life, no. you know, like right. probably no. not. And, but she's very much like, I have my apartment with my cats and I'm not moving and I'm not moving in with anyone. And this is my life. Yeah. I don't want to have kids. I don't care. Yeah. And it's, it, she comes off as a very powerful and in control. Right. But there's a little sadness to it in that she is resolved yeah. that she couldn't have these things because of her career and her life choices. Right. That it's unavailable to her. And now she's like too good for it anyway. Right. Um, so that's fascinating knowing that she wrote Raw Talent. Right. Because you have a woman in Raw Talent. Yes. Who's definitely dumb. Yes. Who definitely is in control. Yes. And at the end of the day, the industry fucks her over. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's insane. And she still gets, yes, there's still a power play against her. Yeah. And then she, yeah, like she's still always, she's never top dog. She's still reporting to someone else who is that her husband or, yeah. or co-producer, whoever that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could never, he was like such a minor character. Oh, but the like, French guy. Yeah, but yeah. clearly like there's some sort of performance between them anyway. Mm -hmm. And he's in charge of her and she's mm -hmm. in charge he of- He has all the money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and it almost feels like her bitchiness and her dominance is a, is not that it's being forced, but it's created because of her environment. Absolutely. I have to be a bitch to yes. get things done. Yes. I don't have a choice. Yeah. 
Um, which is probably tr- like generally <sighs> true in general. Generally true in general. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyway, but then we move on to another perspective. Yes. So now I've read this book called Raw Talent, named okay. after the movie. Okay. It was written after the movie came out. Okay. And it's the memoir of Jerry Butler, our main character, of Eddie. Here's a clip of Jerry Butler talking on a podcast about his movie and the subsequent book. Let me tell you, a lot of people with the porn business, a lot of the old timers that are my age and older, they cannot adapt to where the society has gone. So a lot of people I really know, they, they refuse to to text. Even Joy Snyder, she won't even text. She won't, won't <laughs> use her cell phone and very limitedly. I mean, it's, it's almost like a rebelliousness, you know. So uh-huh. I find myself in that category. So anyway, she told me a little bit about you. And you no, know, she mentioned that uh, at the time when I spoke to her, she mentioned that uh, you were interested in doing uh, some sort of uh, uh, piece about the movie that she made, you know, that was a, well, her signature movie, Raw Talent, which is which was like, you know, one of the top movies that I was in. And word goes that people thought I, you know, was written about me, but apparently it wasn't written for me, but I fit I fit the bill because it was a really, really all about my life. And then I wound up writing a book about my life that was success, a very successful book that financially, but it was successful in 1988 called Raw Talent. I named it after the actual movie. And uh, does he explain like kind of why he decided to write the memoir? So a little bit. Apparently, I'm interested. I'm. It's intriguing to me that like he got a porn made with Joyce, right. and then also, do did uh, do we know what their relationship was at all as the writer and barely, okay, barely. My understanding is that from what he wrote in his memoir, he wanted to make a movie about his life as a porn star. Okay, so this movie is based off of his life, right? Um. And that the production company and the director had Joyce be the writer. Okay. That's very honest then. Mm-hmm. I find, and like, like, yeah, like obviously I, it was pro- like the, st- the story itself is entirely problematic and he is a problematic character. But yeah. I also do find that I've re- fucking mad respect to a dude that like tells a story exactly how it is and also doesn't portray him as the ultimate hero. Well, here's the thing though. I think the movie does portray him as the hero because this book portrays him as a fucking hero. Oh, it does. A hero and a victim. I'm the victim of all these terrible right. things and I made the best of it. And like right. he a hundred percent is like, I'm a victim of circumstance. Right. right. And that, all of these terrible happen th- things that happened to me where none of it was my fault. Right. Where there's a, there's an argument of participation. In right. Here. So now, well the, then Joyce wrote it, wrote the well, porn itself. So that's, what's interesting yeah. about his life. Let me just get into his life story yes. because I think we can start correlating some yes. things. So he starts out talking about, he grew up in basically Coney Island. Okay. Okay. So he's a Brooklyn guy um, who has this very, and I, this is him writing when he's older, writing backwards, but he has this very abstract sense of his sexuality. Okay. Like he was turned on by inanimate objects. He masturbated when he was like five or six. He was like very sexually active. Okay. Um, and would like hump things and get in trouble. And also had an extremely weird relationship with his father that he justifies back and forth. So he had this inappropriate relationship with his father where his father like, was very cold and emotionless to him, but at the same time would like let him watch adult films when he was like right. eight or nine. Weird. 
right? And like didn't hug and like he would cry and he'd be like, men don't cry. Classic toxic masculinity while being sexually inappropriate. Right. Okay. And then you have, and so then he, as he grows up, he gets really, really involved in hockey. He almost went pro. Okay. Um, at one point he breaks his leg. Not ninja, not not karate. No, but I mean, it is a, a lead just, to him being very athletic. And I, he, I wish, I wish he was a dojo master or something. Oh, I know. But he identifies karate. He writes all the time, or uh, not karate. Hockey. He writes all the time. Hockey is a man's sport. It's what real men do. And he is so, his proclivity for violence is like, he has no qualms about it. Okay. Men fight in hockey. It's good for us to punch each other. Like anytime I have an issue with a man, I'm going to hit him before I have a conversation. Oh, wow. His okay. concept of masculinity is so actually yeah, it is. sad. Yeah. It's so sad. And he loves his dad so much. Yeah. And you can tell that this was a severely abused relationship. Yeah. But he has no way of, of conceptualizing that. Right. So like, he's not saying that in the book. I'm just reading it. Oh, yeah. And going, fuck, man, your dad was a, fucking piece of shit. Right. You can say nothing but nice things about him. And yet underneath you're telling these stories about the terrible things your dad did to you. So he is, the book is not written well. Right. But he's very honest and genuine. Yeah. And he, I believe the stories that he's telling. I don't think he's made anything up. Um, To the point where he's telling stories about things he did to women and he was relationships with. And I'm like, oh my God, you raped her. Yeah. And even though he's not saying I raped her, he's basically saying it. Yeah. So it's very honest. Yeah. And and very fucked up. Yeah. And, and almost he uncomfortable. Does he, he not show any remorse no, for what he did no, to women? No, because most of the time, the reason he did it to them is because they were doing something terrible to him. He's the victim. Right. They should have expected him to react that way. Right? Okay, That's so anyway. Insane. So he grows up, he doesn't go to college, but even though he wants to play hockey, it doesn't work out for him, so he starts doing acting. Okay. Then he has a short period of time in his acting career where he's actually at it's not the Stadler school but it's a very good acting school okay and what's happening to him while he's at this acting school or at least the way he betrays it is that everyone he works with is homosexual and they're all forcing him to have sex with them wow yeah Uh, you know what I don't yeah I don't deny I don't I do believe that yeah a little bit right my like I'm sure I'm sure yeah like I, I obviously like I I don't, you know, it's like I wasn't like we do, just like we don't know what currently that's like. we have currently no now like and you, you don't want to like victim like shame even you don't a guy victim shame. who is clearly a perpetrator of, Absol- of no. the same terrible shit that happened to him. But I do I do genuinely like I bet I'm sure there's also probably some misunderstand like there's pro- there's well, it's more like a power dominance thing in the sense that like let me read some I, these I actually marked up I'm sure there's like some sort of dominance thing in the sense that like he honestly maybe even felt like there was no other option for him to become famous if he didn't do like submit to well that's I so that's part of what to he the says. advances of some of these so of the, the name men. so the name of the chapter that like quickly wraps up how it was for him to be at this acting school was among the wolves. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, and this is how he describes the men that he works with, right? Charlie was a homosexual, but I figured there was no harm in being his friend. I was naive enough to think that as long as I kept my zipper up, there would be no problem. Besides, he wanted to help my acting career and he seemed lonely and I felt sorry for him. Right. Yeah, because... So he's already like, you're a less than me. Yes. Because you're homosexual, Right. Right. And also, well, I mean, because 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Continue. No, it's okay. Um, I would, I would say it's like, it here is we that go, like, here we go. there's that toxic, ma- toxic mass masculinity to that in the sense that like homosexuals are, are all want to have sex with you. If, yeah. if you're, if you're gay, they want to have sex with every man. Like that's fucking moronic. It, it, I mean, and that's basically how he defines all of the homosexuals that he worked with is that they all were chasing after his dick and he felt harassed. Um, and there is one point. Okay. Yeah. Here's one. Um, okay. So, um, I was surprised to hear from a big agent named Michael before I knew it. He invited me to his posh apartment on Revere at 57th street. Michael gave me the best advice I'd ever gotten from any guy trying to get down my pants. Okay. So he's already assuming that this agent is interested in that, which to be fair, he was, he told me, um, I don't give a damn if you have to rob a bank, go to the neighborhood playhouse, which is this amazing acting school he ended up going to. I did. I saved all my money. He ended up going there. And then another night he goes out with Michael. Um, He went out with Michael to see a boxing match, but knew that Michael, he's like, Michael didn't give a fuck about boxing and he spent the night trying to get me drunk. I was petrified that he was going to make his move on me. I had four volumes in my pocket and started giving them to him, pretending I was taking them too. I'm hoping that maybe they'd calm him down, but he was still horny and he said he'd send me out on additions. What the hell could I do? I went to bed with him that night and I sucked his damned cock. Who's... Who's responsible for this situation? It's difficult to say. Yeah. It's very difficult to say. Yeah. Do I think that he was exploited? No. Yeah. I think that he decided he had no choice. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. There's definitely a power play at sure. Happening there's a here. power play happening. But, but I think that this guy, Michael, probably made it perfectly clear what his intentions were. He and he probably had every opportunity to say no if you He if gave he, the guy drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean about the honesty and yeah. how much he doesn't see his own, like, I don't want to say stupidity, but yeah. like, he has such a limited perspective. Yeah. Um, there's another, let me see what else I bookmarked here. Oh, he, the way he talks about Ron Jeremy. Well, let me put it this Wait, way. Real, real, real quick question to go back. So, so when he was in the acting school, yeah. he was not doing porn at all. No. Okay. So that was before. So these men that he were, he was meeting like had no getting him legitimate acting jobs. And so he, they had no understanding. Like they didn't, they didn't understand him as like as a sexual object. Not at all. He put that upon himself. Okay. So then he ended up doing straight porn. Okay. Um, and then he got into the business and, um, part of it too, was he started getting addicted to cocaine and the business was feeding him being cocaine. I don't think he ever had his own apartment. He was constantly staying with people. Okay. So despite having a job that gave him money, he never like was solid. Right. This is, yeah, these are all things that were explored in the porn. This is insane. But what's crazy too, is it really represents like, it's obvious to me, you've had a really abusive relationship with your parents because you are a type A of somebody who lives an abusive life. Right. And yet, like, he can't possibly blame his, he blamed his mother for a lot of things. His mother was like emotionally well, unstable, all, all, all these things, never all. loved him, never hugged him. But his dad is a saint. Every fucking asshole right? man in the world blames their mother for all their problems. And what's crazy is. <laughs> and not to say that that's not a hundred, like, that's wrong. But it, to, to think that, that, every, that you are like, it is that kind of toxic masculinity in the sense that like the impression that women are creating a problem rather than, and you know, his mom was being abused by his dad yeah, and you know, his mom was like having her own issues and trying to deal with the, yeah. her son who's going, you know, like 
It's anyway, fascinating. Throughout the entire book, he spends whole chapters talking about guys that he's idolized. Right. His hockey coach, who on a trip, like on an away trip to go to a hockey game, brought a hooker home to have sex in the same hotel room that the boys Jesus were staying Christ. in. His hockey coach he is a saint and an idol and taught him all these amazing things and was a real man. <laughs> and he watched, pretending to be asleep, he watched his hockey coach have sex with this hooker and was like, I knew that's how a real man has sex. Wait, to he me, like had sex in the room with, with the, the boys like in the same room yeah that is insane so to me i feel <laughs> like that is truly insane like as i read this it, I, I it's already it's already like sorry it's no, already like it's already like bad if he decided to do that if he had his own separate hotel room but to do that in the same hotel room is truly crazy god people are so this the man has come such a far, far away. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> God, I know. So as he continues this book, every man he encounters, who's not a homosexual, he idolizes. Right. And he'll write pages and pages about how they're good men, despite writing things that are obviously bad behavior. Yeah. Like apparent to anybody who's reading it. it it's incredible. And then um, when he talks about the women in his life, they get a paragraph. Yeah. And most of the time, if he talks about them for more than a paragraph, it's all the things they did it's, wrong yeah, to him. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Because it is so genuine. Yeah. And, and you could like, so, it's really that like. I Like I'm not sympathetic to him, but it, yeah. it's so like his blinders are so intense. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait, I wanted to get to another part just real quick. Oh, well. Okay, so as he goes, he continues to idolize men and just hate women. Of course, this carries on into his porn career right. where he sees these women as objects often. Although it's funny, his co-stars, he definitely talks about them with a manner of respect and professionalism okay. unless they do something to him. Okay, If they've done something to him, like his co-star in this movie that he like the blonde. had the rape scene with. No, the, 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 Carol, the Carolyn redhead. character. Yeah, I, I marked what he said about her. And he writes about Randy West, who we've seen in movies. Right. He writes about Hypatia Lee, who we've seen yeah. in movies. He's worked with all these people. So when we go to watch these movies, he has like an index right. of who they are and what they were like, right. um, which is kind of cool. Uh, here it goes. Okay. So the the redhead, Caroline. Caroline? Carol, yeah. Caroline. 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 Uh, so he wrote about, this is all he wrote about her. Lisa DeLue is her name. Okay. Lisa DeLue is an abundant, extreme personality. Since I'm pretty extreme too, we were always warring. For some reason, I also found her to be sexy, no matter how much of a prima donna she was. The way he talks about women is so awful. No matter how demanding she was, Lisa transformed from a big, bold, untouchable landmark into a flesh and blood woman when my dick was going in and out of her. In Raw Talent, the character she played was a bitch supreme, a porno producer who wrecks my character's career in soaps. Our mutual dislike for each other worked to our advantage. In the story, her character, Carolyn, forced me to fuck her, but Lisa was upset about my uninvolved pumping and my coldness. She even started to cry. But Lisa didn't understand that I was fucking her in character. Yeah. Wow. I was fucking her in character. I wasn't abusing her or being a terrible co-star. Wow. Right? But at the same time, like, he writes some stuff that's like, she was a professional, she was wonderful, she always showed up smelling good. Like, yeah. It's, but it's obvious that like. <sighs> that he, he was also like terrified of women. Her. Well, also like scared, like, she, she, I mean, she played a powerful character, yeah. right? So he's clearly afraid of 
any woman Powerful with power. Woman. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, my final judgment, and I read it all the way through and it basically gets to the point where he found the woman of his dreams who changed him forever. And now he doesn't <laughs> want to do porn. And as when the book was written, she had been married Hilarious. to her for like a year, but he's like very ashamed of his career because she's pure and has never done porn. Oh God. But he, the way he qualifies her is like, her name is Lisa as well. He's like, I never thought I would have someone as beautiful as Lisa. He doesn't talk about her intelligence or her kindness or anything like that. He just thinks she's beautiful. And he feels what he loves from her is that she holds him. Right. Which is just, I mean, the fetal recrudescence or whatever that yeah. has to do with that. And the not love from your mother. Right. Like, whoo. Um, I feel like from reading this, I would guess if we were to give this to a psychologist, the psychologist would say that he's a repressed homosexual. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that his, the way he fawns over men. Yes. His really, really defunct dealing with masculinity. The fact that he had gay sex, but always acted like it was forced. Yeah. Well, and also the fact that he. Or repressed bisexual or whatever. Or, but, yeah. I think he probably has like, he has a very distinct idea of gender roles. Yes. And that you can't be. You can't get You can't be masculine them. and a homosexual. Exactly. So it's like. He, and he has he, to be masculine. That's his life goal. Yeah, exactly. Right? So he built these like binaries that he just couldn't tear he down. He can't get out of because his love for women is so limited. Yes. It's really like not only an object, but just an object that always hurts him. Right. And to me, as I read through this and he got to the end and he's happy with this woman and he doesn't even care about having sex with her. He just wants to be held by her, which is like, oh my God, what an edible right. complex. Right. right. Yeah. To me, it says... And also from what we've watched in it. So I want to get back to the movie, but just to conclusion of this book, this is a broken, broken human being right. who actually found some peace in the adult film industry, but because he was a man, he got to abuse everyone around yeah. him. Yeah. So we have two totally different things. Yes. We have Joyce, right? Who's resolved in her role as a woman. <laughs> as a dom. As a dominant woman. But in her role that she's never going to be loved correctly because right. she's a woman. Yeah. And we have uh, Jerry Butler, Eddie <laughs> in our film, who is constantly striving to be a man when in reality his definition of a man is fucked up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but what's what fascinates me about this movie is that Eddie doesn't mention a situation where he rapes a woman in charge of him. Right. It's usually like his girlfriend. It's someone who's below him, Uh huh. which tells me that Joyce or the someone decided to make, cause he is being abused by other men. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah, I mean, there was did definitely they do that. Like, did they want to represent him being abused, but they couldn't have homosexual sex. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it was a woman. And now this is, a screenplay where a woman is abusing a man being written by a woman. And for us, obviously the effect that Jerry Butler wanted to have was for Eddie, the main character to really express his rise above abuse. Right. But for us as women watching this movie, we did not get that at all. No. <laughs> like, well, and I will, I will say though that, we were accessing this movie until that, until the rape scene. Yeah, we were. So you're absolutely right. So I will say that if they're, if they were trying to uh, market this movie to mixed genders, I think that, yeah. that having a woman write the story, yeah, you know, helped. Like I did, we, we had true 
passion for these characters until that until happened. That and happened. I mean, I still had passion for these characters after it happened. That's right. why it was like why such we, a I went on to read books. I mean, you know, that's why it was such an extreme reaction yeah. to a rape scene. And um, yeah, it was it, it was it's it, complicated because I thought to myself, if this movie had been made where he was raped by a man or where he raped a man who was in control of him. Right. Would I be what I feel is violated? And the reality is, is I should. Yes, because, absolutely. Because it doesn't matter if it's a homosexual rape. Like, is it, is it defined correctly? Well, and like, it's the same, no. And it's the same toxic masculinity that, absolutely. That, that is, has men rape women. It doesn't fucking matter. I, but it, I also was curious as to why did Eddie have to rape anybody? Yeah. Because he's so, his book is so concerned with being a victim. Yes. Why rape anybody at all? Yeah. Your character could have maintained his lot, which, which gives me, I don't know, like, was he looking for some kind of validity, some kind of like, if I can't be powerful in real life, I'm going to be powerful in this movie. Like, which kind of explains the karate now that I think about it. <laughs> That's what I just, now I'm like, now that you're explaining to me, I'm shocked that he did hockey, but it also kind of makes sense in the sense that like the violence, the violence of it, mm-hmm. the mass, like the, the, the show of masculism, that masculinism. Yeah. Like, in the, in the film itself. I have to say, Meredith, I'm going to give you these books. Okay. Listeners read them. Yes. Because even though if you're, I, if I have you're to interested say the in porn and, and gender if you roles watch or, that in movie, any way, if you liked our second episode, yeah. read these books. Yeah. Um, because first off, they're about sex workers yeah, and they're fascinating, but it's, it's less about Joy Snyder's book is actually very well written. She's a writer. It's been yeah. her career for forever. It's very well written. It's funny. Um, it moves a little slow, but whatever. Jerry Butler's book moves fast is terrible writing, <laughs> but they both are very open honest portrayals of two complicated human beings without either one of them knowing they're complicated. So it's almost like pulling the curtain aside and being able to see like the raw ripped apart version of people. It's, I couldn't put them down. Amazing. They were fascinating. There were parts I skipped. There were parts that disturbed me. There were parts where I like threw the book and was frustrated. Both of them. Right. But it is like, I feel so much different about porn and sex workers after reading these two books. Yeah. Not that I'll ever stop watching porn, right. not that I don't, but like, I never thought I would get to a point where I cared about the creators as much as yeah. I do right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, they're real people. And and yeah. I think like, and I think that it, it it is hard to remember that sometimes when you're watching porn because it is so easy to, to make objects out of them, which is like. And I think I make assumptions about the women in it and that. They either love doing porn and they're totally level with it. Yeah. Or that they're burying themselves off and they're just doing it for the money and that they've become cold. And I think most often it's somewhere in between. Absolutely. Which I think allows for them to be exploited even more. Yeah. And I, that didn't occur to me. Yeah. And the way I feel about male sex workers, I never would have considered how much I think masculinity and homosexuality is a play in adult film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I will say that's the thing is like the old, you know, we are so like as society becomes more woke. Right. uh, And there's, 
you know, more and more uh, concepts of gender roles and yeah. masculinity, femininity, uh, and also just, um, I don't know, like that, that people, and also um, more acceptance of mental health issues, right? Yeah. That there is so much of this stuff that people didn't even know how to identify that were happening to them. Right, like he didn't have that. words. He did, yeah. For he, what was happening. Exactly. To there was the no, only role he knew was the one. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that, that will definitely, I, I would love it if we could like even do another mini episode where we interview a sex worker and see like. I'm, I've already found a male porn star. Yeah. Like I would just love. we could talk to. I would just love to know kind of, you know, if this is like still as, I'm sure, 100%, I'm sure this still happens, especially because these motherfuckers have not died off. No, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, he's still these, alive. They're both still alive. And I'm sure they have. And like you said, Joyce Snyder, like she, you know, if she was 30 years younger, she would be having a much different career and possibly could still find love and acceptance yeah. and like, and, and have a, uh, have an understanding of uh, like a wider understanding of the types of relationships she could have. We're not, but, and we're not even going into race because this is an adult film world back in the eighties where it was entirely white. Oh yes. Yeah. So like once you introduce another, you know, that's a whole nother facet we're dealing with now. Right. Because the biggest porn search out there is interracial. Yes. Teen yeah. and interracial. Yes. Which is so much different than the porn world watching yes like whew, oh yeah fuck that comes with its own fucking problems but but i'm just i am yeah i'm curious it is it is interesting it's just i think fuck. it's yeah we i think we can learn so much about television and movies and the way we define our relationships and all this stuff about what is sexual assault and what is masculinity and what porn. is I think porn really helps us. <laughs> I do. We- <laughs> I think porn is so important. Por- hashtag porn will save the world. Oh, hashtag porn could save the world. It's not right now. Right now it's making bad people worse. Yeah. But I think we can be, we can there find needs to be like a- humanity yeah. in the worst parts of porn. Yeah. Like... Like, look, we watched a porn with a rape in it. And I feel like old us would have walked away and been like, we just can't deal with this. But by like digging into it, like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel enlightened. Yes. Do you feel that way too? I feel great. I feel great today. (laughs) I I do feel to have like some closure after that whole rape situation. Yeah. I was going to say, I I don't feel like I need to take a shower right now. Yeah. Which was how we felt last time. Not to say that we forgive anyone, but I think we have a better sympathy for humanity yeah. kind of yeah yeah oh boy yeah it's been a wild ride thanks for sharing me all sharing all that information with me you're welcome Caitlin, i'm excited to exciting. read the books yeah 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 well well also we now have like an index about what jerry butler said about adult film stars uh ron jeremy has written a number of memoirs too that i want to get and read. oh wow i didn't even God, you know what it is, is crazy you know what it is about at least these two books that I read about, or I've read some things about like a blog by a sex worker is how they talk about things nor- like the normalization. Yeah. Like I went in for an anal sex scene and I was feeling really shitty that day. Literally. Ha ha ha. But, but like the way they talk about things that some people never mention in their whole lives. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Well, that that's because that's way, what we're doing. That's the world we operate on. That's the world we're living in. Right. <laughs> and it makes it, 
I can access those people better than I can access 100%. a memoir written by even like Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Because I don't recognize what she's saying. Yeah. But somebody writing about their day on a porn set, for some reason, I just connect <laughs> with it. Yeah. Maybe that says something about me. Like, I don't know, you know, what what is my memoir? No, I think it's just that we, we're very honest people. Yeah. Um, I don't deny humanity. No. And, and humanity is sometimes an extremely is, part of, uh, important oh, part of shit. it. shit, yeah. If not, the, it is literally the, like, seed that creates life. It is the reason why human beings are the dominant species on this planet. And, and if it, we don't acknowledge that, discuss it, talk about all the fucking disgusting and beautiful things that come with it, then, absolutely. then like, how are you even supposed to understand humans? Absolutely. Everything is about sex except sex, right? Yeah. So we have to talk about it. Exactly. <sighs> I feel so good. Yeah. I don't want to have sex right now, though. No. No, I'm not horny at all. I find at the end of every episode, I'm not horny in any. <laughs> well, thank you, Meredith. For thank this you. Episode. Hey, guys, if you um, want to follow us or talk to us or do or share us, please share us. Yes. Um, and like, yeah, like, you know, post it. Post it to your porn buddies. Yeah. You know, you can find us in so many places. You can find us on Instagram at TWB podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TWBD podcast. But if you type in the other one, the other one will show up because search engines are great that way. <laughs> um, you can find us at there will be drinking podcast.com. Or if you're lazy, you can type in more banana.com and we're right there on the front mm -hmm. page along with our most recent episodes and all the other creators that we work with. There's a bunch of great women centered shows that deal with sexuality and even movies and everything. Yeah. If you like want. our voice, you'll like our podcast. Oh, you're going to love that work. Exactly. Um, and you can reach out to us at twbdpodcast at gmail.com or DM us or whatever. Yeah. We're here for you. We, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have any interesting reads, we should like look into Yeah. if you're a sex worker that has something that they want to talk about with us, please. I mean, we're while we're doing this porn format we're also just like willing to talk about anything to do with sex so Absolutely. please please like we want to talk about it if you are game uh yeah and i will have the links for because these are as you would imagine these books are not at barnes and noble you have to buy them on amazon and they're no longer in circulation too so you gotta buy a used yeah one. they're probably not. Um, i was gonna say they're not like they're links. not doing there's not still printing these books no Caitlin. but i'll have links to amazon so you can buy them and uh, get on there and maybe if if we do a little surge, then some one of the authors will come on our show. Oh my god, hell yeah! Ooh, wouldn't that, that would be, great? be amazing. Um, okay, guys, we will see you next time for another porn. Love you guys. Love you. See, uh, what, what was our sign off? Uh, um, cheers cheers to, a, to a happy cheers ending. Cheers to a happy ending.